Welcome to Beautiful Ghosts. We are a community of people that have honest conversations, open up to others, and are willing to be vulnerable to grow and discover what is beautiful within us. Here is a new conversation with Mariana, Nico, Pablo, and you, searching for beautiful ghosts. How are you? Hi, Mariana. Hello, Nico. Hi, Pablo. Hi, Nico. How are you doing? We have a very special guest today. Hi, Brian. Hi. hi Welcome, Nico. Brian. Hello, Brian. Hi, everyone. How are you? <laughs> Good. And you well, sound so peaceful that I want to ask you so many things already. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Pleasure. Our pleasure. Nico? Well, today we're going to talk about a, a very special topic with Brian. Um, we're going to talk about stress. I have some questions about that. Is it good stress? Is it bad to have stress? How do we cope with stress? Uh, well, nowadays everyone seems to be very, very stressed. So I think it's a very, very good topic to talk about. How do we deal with those uh, in those situations? And uh, maybe... Um, I mean, I think we all had a very busy week. Do we have any anything to start our to open up with a story about our stress this week or something like that? Well, yes, and and you know, thank you, the universe, for sending me Brian. For example, I had a full-on stressful situation at work with people screaming, me having to like defend myself, da da da, and I thought, you know, I. I, I try to manage it the best way, but after the episode, uh, my headache was, you know, over the moon, and I try to meditate and try to go, okay, now, the now. so, you know, when I try to come back to the now and listen to the breathing, so in those moments, things disappeared, but somehow the headache kept being like that I'm like you see and then and this is the Mariana that comes back to like <laughs> self-flagellate herself or self-punish herself why I cannot get rid of these things when they happen because like that's fine we all have unpleasant um, you know situations but if we manage to do like animals like they go and they pass that would be great okay do you have any tips on that I do, but I, I'm I'm actually really interested also in hearing uh, Pablo's and Nico's experience, so I can actually talk to all of you together. Okay, did you have any stress on Pablo and Nico this week? Yeah, I um I I've, I've had a very busy probably week or couple of weeks where it was just well, you know, summer. I decided to take on this summer project of. Um, uh, repairing my deck, the deck at home, and so on top of all the things that that I'm doing, I had this extra thing that I had to do, which was basically taking the the, the whole weekend to do like several weekends. Uh, it's not carpentry is not my expertise, but you know I, I you know I can do DIY stuff, and there you know there were days um, last Sunday especially finish the deck, then, you know, still needed to tidy up the home, do cleaning. And then at some point I just go to my room 
And I, I was like, I just, I was going to keep doing stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I'm at going at 120 kilometers per hour. I'm like, hold on, hold on. Lay, I lay down on my bed and I fell asleep for one hour. And wow. then, yeah, I woke up and I was feeling much better. But um, yeah, it's been the last couple of weeks. It was like, it's been like one after the other, um, just nonstop. And this is only the beginning of the year. So, <laughs> so what's, what's in front of me for this year, right? If I go at that pace. Nico? And me, well, uh, I just started a new job. So, yes, of course, in the beginning, everything is new, lots of uncertainty. So, yeah, quite, quite, quite stressful weeks. Um, it's settling down now, but definitely has been some stressful weeks. And um, what, I, what I struggle sometimes, I'm getting better, but uh, I think I said this before in the podcast sometime that for some reason, when I wake up at night, maybe I was dreaming with something or just have to go uh, to the loo or something. Then it's the, the mind at 3 a.m. starts that funny talk about, let's, let's try to think about something that is going to worry you. Because of <laughs> course, at that time, the mind doesn't say, hey, Nico, you are doing a great job. You're a great guy. You're a great father, a great husband. You know, go back to sleep. You deserve a good rest. The mind never says those things at 3 a.m., right? Mm. So trying to manage that, yes. Um, but nothing, that, that's probably mm. my examples. It's very interesting. So just a little bit of background as well on my experience with with. I was stress. going to ask you if you have also examples of stressful lately. Yeah. Tell us your background from, start from your background in Argentina. Yeah, so I, I'm... I'm also from Argentina, uh, and back in Argentina, I was a very stressed out person, especially whenever I was driving. Oh. I had like road rage. Like, it wasn't just stress, it was like super anger. Yeah. And, like I was swearing and you know, like all of the typical things that happen when you have that experience. And at the same time that I was having all of that, uh, I was blessed enough that my parents introduced me as a teenager to a lot of different uh, techniques and methods and different traditions that enabled me to learn a lot of the things that uh, for the last 15, 17 years now I've been teaching, that it's all about personal well-being, growth, meditation, yoga, Buddhism, and one of the biggest things is stress. And I remember one day being in the car and I've been, about that time, I was already practicing um, Tibetan yoga. That is one of the main practices that I do. And I was doing that now for the last two months. So this was the very beginning of that practice for me. Mm -hmm. And this car, like I was just driving on one of the biggest avenues in Argentina and this car like just cuts me off. And I realized that nothing happened, like that anger didn't show up, wow. that I wasn't getting stressed. And I was like, wow, what's going on here? And I just kept on going. I noticed it, but I didn't put two and two together. 
until I started realizing that in every aspect of my life that used to stress me out, I wasn't getting stressed because the normal reaction wasn't happening. And then I realized, okay, this has to do with the practice. Um, and now I can say that for the last 15 years, I haven't been stressed, which, Never. Is, which is incredible. No, I have a relationship. And, and this is something that I want to share with, with you and everyone listening, because we can live without stress. And one of the things that one of my teachers used to say um, was, Tension is normal, stress is not. Uh-huh. So sometimes I, I, I talk about tension as opposed to stress sometimes because there is, especially because I, I studied my postgraduate in neuroscience and in neuroscience you have what it's called eustress or positive stress. Yes, I have that. And I don't like using that word just because for most people, stress is negative. The connotation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. the connotation. So I prefer to use tension directly. So we all have tension. Tension yeah. is a natural part of our life. If we don't have tension in our body, we like, cannot stay upright, we cannot move. Like We would just like... Yeah. Life is made up of tension. Mm. There's energy moving, there's people moving, there's dynamics, everything is happening and there's tension in between all of that. Now, I can choose to relate to my experience as that or I can create the stories and the patterns that will make all of that stressful. Uh-huh. Yep. So one of the key elements for me, and this is something that Luckily, for the last year and a half, I've been able to teach at AUT here in, in Oakland University um, about this to the students because it's so important that the younger that we can get this, it's the better. Okay. Is understanding the world of our feelings and the world of our mind. And this is something that, you know, I believe now with all of my experience that this should be something that we all learn at school when we are kids, okay. but unfortunately we don't. Mm. So my first question to the three of you is, can you experience your feelings or do you feel your feelings or yeah. do you think your feelings? Uh. My analytical mind goes first. And then I'm, I've been teaching myself to go like, okay, wait, just monitor what, what are you feeling. And then uh, I actually, like, I, I, I feel the energy, but sometimes it's really hard for me to know, is this sadness or is it anguish? Mm, like, I need to keep, keep on it. Like, some people are really good at, I'm sad. Like mm. so straight away to name them and you know and 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 that I think that process of knowing what where you are at or what you're feeling is also helps the non non stress because mm. you know you know but if in on top of it you are confused I think that's that's the biggest for me mm. sometimes you guys yeah. um 
Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm good at being aware. Just the, the story I was telling is how I was going at 120 kilometers per hour and I was going to keep going, but I stopped and I said, hold on, what, what do I need now? And, and I realized I just need to lay down because I realized I just couldn't keep pushing. I needed to stop and lay down and I did fell asleep pretty, pretty easily. So, yeah, I, th I think I think I'm reasonable at being aware of what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and me, um, I used to, sometimes I still do it, try to fix the feeling. Like if I'm feeling sad, I have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. It's not good to be sad, so I have to do something about it, right? Mm. So now lately, for example, uh, with my new job, I, I started and I was feeling quite anxious or, you know, I had lots of uncertainty. And I, I had a chat with my wife and she said, she's really good at, at feeling the feelings. And she said, you know what? You just started working. It's very, very normal to feel overwhelmed and to feel anxious. So when, when I accepted that, it's like, okay, so then rather than trying to fix it or to control it, it's, well, it's okay that I'm anxious because I have a lot of uncertainty mm. and that really helped. But, but I'm getting better at what, what Pablo was saying, that be aware, maybe I don't label it. I just, it's like there's something going on Maybe I put the mind afterwards to try to rationalize or put a name, mm -hmm. but I'm getting better. The way I say it is, the alarm starts to to to, to ring before, mm -hmm. so I can listen it a little bit mm -hmm. earlier. Sometimes, some years ago, it was okay. The building was already on fire. <laughs> mm. Nice. So, based on on the things that the three of you just shared, I think that there's something interesting. Um, one that you guys just mentioned the the relationship with um, that emotion, whether that is positive or negative, and and how we relate to it. If we want to, as Nico was just saying, we want to fix it or not. Yes. But I'm going to invite us all to go beyond emotions into the actual feeling sensations. Mm. So there is a difference, and this comes from my, my training. There's a difference between feeling sensations and emotions. The feeling sensations is the first experience that we have, the direct experience. So if I, for example, like do um, rub my hands together, Mm -hmm. then I have this tingly feeling in my hands, right? Yes. That is the direct experience. If I try to, instead of just staying with that feeling, sensation, make a thought around that, that becomes an emotion because then that first experience of thought is emotion. And the emotion comes with its own pattern. So the hand is easier because we don't have that much of a pattern with our hand, but any feeling that we have in our chest, in our belly, 
yeah. usually that comes with that anxiety or that anger or that frustration or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And whenever I relate to my experience as that, my body and my mind will automatically go to the pattern and the pattern has not only an energetic pattern, it has a reaction. So the invitation here is always to try to stay with as much as possible with the direct experience. So as an example, and this um, perhaps not pure stress, but it's an, a story that I have that I think that it's quite permanent, permanent uh, here that I, some years ago, I think it was like eight years ago, I was in a relationship, my girlfriend broke up with me. Oh. And I just went and I sat down. And I'm like, okay, where are the feelings in my body? Mm. So I how, had, how do you feel it? Like which part of the body? Yes. So I was like, okay, I, I just sat down and I'm like, okay, where are the feelings in my body? That, like, and it's not like others oh, in the chest, like, no, trying to pinpoint where in the chest. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I could do this with my hands or I can just sit and do it internally with my awareness. Yeah. Trying to go. And when I go, when you go with your awareness to that feeling mm. and not trying to change it, mm. trying to understand that this is something for me that is key. What is a feeling and a sensation? It's just energy moving. Yes. Which is usually what people say about emotion, energy in motion. Yes. For me, emotion is tied to, to thoughts. So feelings are the energy, the mm -hmm. first direct energy that we have. And energy on one perspective, there is no good or no bad. There is no positive, there is no negative. And in our perspective, there is. Yes. So a lot of this depends on which perspective am I coming from to experience my life. So if I go into that experience, let's say that I have this intense feeling in my chest, it's like, okay, I can go with my awareness to that specific place. I'm not saying like it's in the chest. It's that specific place in my chest. And I can be with it. And I can touch that experience from within. Yes. And I can befriend that experience. Because it's not good, it's not bad. It's just an experience. It's just an experience. Mm. And this, what you guys were saying before with all of your experiences, especially, Nico, what you were saying about being in the office and getting this anxiety, is in on one perspective, anxiety doesn't exist. All that you're having is a feeling. And most likely it's in your belly. Yeah. Because for most people, anxiety is in the belly. And then that that is in the belly goes up towards your throat and your neck and then towards your head and you start getting what Mariana you were saying before that like super heaviness in your head mm. when we are not able to give the feeling and that energy the time that it needs to be processed yes then we start creating this tightness and this stress so anytime that I don't allow myself to process the feelings and I go to thinking, which thinking is yeah. faster than feeling, yes. then I'm creating all of this in my body. I'm creating that tension. And usually that tension 
becomes stress in our shoulders, in our neck. So usually a lot of people with super stress, like yeah, they exactly. go like this and they, they breathe really up in yeah. the chest. Mm. And then the entire day you see them doing this. Like, I mean, here for the ones that are not listening to us, it's basically like that cracking of the neck the entire day. Yeah. That is like a, a quick exit of the feeling that is being mm. built up and that you cannot deal with it. So you're escaping it. So then you're doing that. And then wow. what, what we are doing as we do that is that we are creating more and more and more for later. It's kind of so like, you're, you're suggesting that if you have that tension in the in the neck, for example, mm -hmm. just stay with stay, stay with that. Stay with that. Yet, my invitation is always do what feels right for you. For me, for example, I I had to start and because for me movement is really important. Yeah. I can move, but. I am not escaping. There's a difference when we move. I know. Yeah, exactly. On moving, for example, if I'm if I'm rolling my shoulders or if I'm rolling my head, and I do that slowly, just being aware of it, but enabling a little bit of movement for that energy, then I can allow that instead of escaping the feeling by moving super fast. You are doing consciously, basically. Yeah. yeah. Or you can stay completely still, and just with your awareness, feel it. But that depends on where you are with your own practice and your own understanding of that. This, mm. uh, there is, uh, in, in the topic of stress, usually the, uh, there is a differentiation between the acute stress and the chronic stress. Um, And so the acute stress is like uh, there is a dog barking at you. So you're, you know, fight or flight response comes in. Mm -hmm. And but then you've got something that people say is more in modern societies, which is the chronic stress. That is not the acute stress that comes from that, but it's that just a, that constant sensation that, you know, there is something in the background this mm -hmm. constant there tiger um, that's going which, to eat you what is that sorry Nico? The, the tiger that is going to eat you yeah so well it's not you know the tiger is not immediately there but you it's not in front of you but you you feel the tiger is somewhere oh, yeah. and you're the never feeling completely safe yes yeah, yeah which i think in my case is is my to-do list the tiger mm -hmm. is my to-do list right it's yeah. like the the constant sensation there's always things to do And I just can't catch up. Mm. Um, so there's, there's with that, there, there's a couple of things. One is, yes, as creatures that have this rational mind um, in this modern society, we've been conditioned to live in the future and live in the past. Yeah. We are almost never in the present. This, I'm, I'm generalizing here, there's people that are able to, with practice, do this. But for the majority of people, we live in the past, we focus on the future, and we think of hypothetical scenarios all of the time. Yeah. Which means we are constantly putting this stress uh, or stressors 
into our into our experience so and that doesn't stop and then we start having what you were saying that chronic stress because we are building it up building it up and then it's always the what if the what if the what if yeah. or i should have said that i should have done that and then it's like ah oh, well tomorrow i'm going to have to do this or what nico you were saying you wake up in the middle of the night and this is all like you know the instead of those positive things that you were saying that you would love to actually have uh as the thought it goes into some negative thoughts or just you know spiraling into whatever direction it goes these are all conditioning and we can actually change this so our brain has the capacity to change and this is what in neuroscience we call uh, neuroplasticity we have the possibility of changing our neurons, of changing the patterns that we have. And this is all about introducing something new and sticking with it. Mm. And one of the key things with that, uh, which was really interesting for me, is that the majority of the time growing up, I learned that to change a habit, you need around 21 days. Yes. And when I was doing my training in neuroscience, I learned that there's a percentage of people that it takes around 21 days to change a habit, but a lot of people it takes 66 days or mm. 67 days. Mm. So if you're trying to change something and if you're actually you know, practicing, let's say, a meditation like every single day for one hour for 21 days, if you're a person that needs 67 days, you're not going to change nothing. <laughs> you're going to revert back to your conditioning. Mm. So my invitation always for everyone is when you're trying something new, 67 days. Yeah. If, if you're one of the people that is good with 21 days, then the other 40-something days are going to be easy. Mm. But if you are one of the ones that need the longer time, then actually sticking with it, it's going to help you. And it's really interesting, you know, this relationship that we have with things because um, in the Buddhist tradition, that it's one of the traditions that I studied and practiced, um, that especially Tibetan Buddhism, being present is one of the most important things there is. Exactly. Because the reality is that it's the only thing that exists. Exactly. There's nothing else than the present moment. Tomorrow is the present when we are there. <laughs> yeah. But I think... can, can I ask you, are you like, are you able to, you know, be in a really high percentage of your life, really fully present? Yes. Now, yes, with years of practice um, and with my understanding now, yes. And this is, this is one of the things that, that for me, it's why it's encouraging for everyone. I used to be super stressed. Mm. And now I'm able to be present. I'm able to actually be with life and navigate it with the understanding. And this is something that I ask one day to one of my teachers. I ask him, if the aim is to be present, how do I live in this society that tomorrow I need money for rent or I need, you yeah. know, all of, I need food and all of these things. And he told me, be present, but don't be stupid. 
So mm -hmm. if you if you don't die tonight, tomorrow you'll need money. As long as we live in a society, right? Yes. As long as we choose to partake in the way that things are going, mm -hmm. I'm going to need to work. I'm going to need to have an income. I'm going to need to provide if I have a family, you know, all of these different things. Yet, we need to find the balance between that future projection and being present. Mm. So how do we do that? Each person needs to find within the myriad of techniques and methods that we have available today is finding the one that resonates with you. Brian, and, and that's what I wanted to ask you. What, what, what practice do you do that resonated with you and take you to be more present? Like, like can you share it or? And, yeah. Well, and I, adding, adding to that question, um, yeah. I'm, you know, we said we've got busy lives and I'm assuming that your life is as busy as anyone else's. Uh, in terms you've got a podcast you've got a business and and so how do you apply the techniques that Marianne is asking for mm -hmm. but at the same time uh, live a busy life yeah so a couple of things and I'll go in a moment Mariana to the techniques and the practices that I use I don't live a busy life I live a full-on life mm. a full life but not busy for me busyness is this state yeah. of, of stress, mm -hmm. constant like busyness inside of me and my being, I, I am not in that. I have, as you say, I have a lot going on, yet I am choosing to do everything that I'm doing. When I'm doing it, I'm present there. I'm not thinking of anything else that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And when when I actually plan my days, every single day, the priority is me. So I, I learned this going back to the practices, Tibetan Buddhism. In Tibetan Buddhism, my teacher used to say, you are number one. The most important person in the world is you. This is for each of you listening here. You are the most important person in the world. Just like when you're in an airplane, it's put your mask on first and then put it to the kids or to the person next to you. You are number one. So you need to take care of yourself. So for me, my own time of my practices is non-negotiable. Mm. So every single day I wake up, I do my practice. Every single day I have the time at night for me okay. every single day during the day yeah. i i make sure that i have times for myself as well that have nothing to do with work mm. and by doing that i'm actually able to be much more productive and yeah, efficient completely. in my work yeah. because i am fully present because i am not thinking of giving myself some time to do this or that because i already gave my myself that time and as I started practicing, I, when I was um, a teenager back in Argentina, I started practicing a lot of different meditation techniques, a lot of different yoga practices, um, a lot of healing techniques. The one that for me 
changed everything. That was the one that I resonated and I have been practicing now for almost 18 years is Tibetan yoga. I think that it's an amazing practice. It's not well known at all. <laughs> no, I haven't heard of Tibetan yoga. No. And oh. it's it's a it's a wonderful practice that it's all about embodiment. Mm. It's about the understanding that the aim of the practice ultimately of course it's enlightenment but the most important part is being present in the present mm. developing awareness developing awareness of feelings developing awareness of breath developing awareness of energy understanding mm. and, and this this is all through actual practice but understanding what our body is made out of made up of in, in terms of energy and as well as the channels. So we have the chakras channels, we have the meridians, um, that it's more from a Chinese medicine perspective. And when we understand how the energy moves, then I can actually, in a sense, be with it, manipulate it if needed, and move it. That's what I wanted to ask you, like, because, you know, some people say, oh, I feel all my chakras and stuff. Like, I know the theory and, and you know, I try to envision the energy, but I, I'm just lost. And, you know, like I'm talking to you, I feel like, oh, my God, I'm so ignorant. He actually knows, you know, where these energy centers are and probably you feel them, you know, like, what do you feel them? <laughs> well, a couple of things with this. One is that we are all ignorant of whatever we haven't learned. Mm. So being ignorant of something is not bad. Uh, and until we are introduced to it, we don't know. Yet, I always think that people know more than what they think that they know. Mm. Because you're, as you're just saying, this is a lot of information and the chakras, it's like, you know, all of these things. It's like, well, that's just theory. And sometimes the theory gets in the way. Mm. What's your experience? Are you feeling, for example, like any given day, some tightness in your throat or around your heart or like low energy? That is part of working with your chakras. So if you have low energy, you need to work with your lower chakras. Mm -hmm. If the energy is not flowing well, most likely you need to work with your throat area because the throat um, chakra for the ones that know a little bit of the chakras and have seen an image or like drawings, it's two flowers back to back, one pointing up, the other one pointing down. And that is the communication. So it's not just communication with talking, it communicates the upper chakras and the lower chakras. So if I'm doing a lot of work, you know, like fitness work or running or whatever activity I do, and my throat is closed, the energy doesn't move completely. Mm. The same with the mind. If I'm super heavy and my throat chakra is closed, that energy is not going down. And How do we you unblock the, the chakras? Yeah. And we need, to, we need to actually do that. The easiest way that I always say to people to make sure that your throat chakra is as open as possible even if you don't know what you're doing is to 
actually take the time. This is what I do multiple times per day. Moving the shoulders, making circles with the shoulders, making sure that I'm making them really big so I don't care about my hands. They can do whatever they want. Making sure that I'm moving that. And as soon as I'm moving that, and I can move it in whichever way I want, the shoulders, and then making sure that I move the head. So either in circles, I'm making this really slow so I can actually notice where there's some tightness or moving up and down or to the sides. If I'm doing this multiple times per day, I am going to feel already a release in my stress level that is going to be huge. I used to actually have, when I was younger, um, I had on my computer because I, I've done a lot of work on computers, like on, on a desk. And I used to have on the corner of my computer a post-it that said shoulders. So as I was working, I saw that uh, and I was like, okay, shoulders. Uh, <laughs> Allowing uh, that to be moved. And the other big thing that I say, and again, this is super easy, and it doesn't matter what we believe on anything, is the breath. The breath is super important. If we stop breathing, most likely we die. So we need to actually breathe. Breathing is important. The way that most people breathe is through the nose. Yeah. In Tibetan yoga, we breathe through nose and mouth at the same time, inhaling and exhaling. Oh, really? It's a balanced way of breathing using the three channels. So basically, we're breathing 50% from the mouth, 25% from the right nostril, 25% from the left nostril. Oh. As we do that, we balance the energy because when we breathe through the nose, the energy goes up first. And when we breathe through the mouth, the energy goes uh -huh. down first. Yeah. So... I always say to people, and I know because of my experience, breathing in this way, this is challenging. I always suggest to people, breathe a little bit more through your mouth. It's going to bring the energy down. So if during the day, you start incorporating the movement of the shoulders and the head and neck in a slow manner, consciously, plus breathing a little bit more into your through your mouth, down into the belly and slowing it down, just by doing that, the level of stress is going to drop dramatically. Wow. Now, you need to remember to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Because this is practice. so natural, yes. This, mm. Yeah, this is practice. We need to hack our system by introducing this new way and sticking with it for at least 67 days for some people to make sure that then this starts to be the natural way of us and how we are. Because if not, we're going to revert back. And the interesting thing about all of this is that, and this is something that I usually tell people, when I'm giving workshops or I'm going to businesses to talk is, why not giving this a try? Because the alternative is staying stressed. Sure. Most likely when we are stressed, our immune system is not as good as it can be. Then we're going to get sick. Then we're going to have 
thyroids or cancer or whatever it is that we might develop, stress actually is the biggest component on that. More than food, more than anything else, more than the amount of water that we drink. In terms of disease, our lifestyle, stress is the number one component on, on this. So mm. making sure that every single day, this is priority. This is really important for everyone. I, um, and can, can I, oh, sorry, Pablo, you go. Okay, thanks. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. um, no, because um, I, like, I, I really like the idea of you having your time for yourself in the morning, uh, in the evening, to, you know, to, to, to recharge, to relax. And also during the day, rolling the shoulders, rolling your head, distressing, all great. Now, uh, I've, I've got a, a background in science, uh, as you do. And so when you talk about the chakras, I, I, I can't buy that one. And so first, Good. I wonder how you do it with your background in neuroscience. And, and do, do I need to believe in the chakras or can I just roll my shoulders and, and say, I'm just this person? <laughs> yeah, so, so definitely. And, and, and this is the thing. I always, whatever I'm talking, like I, when I'm going, I'm talking with businesses, for example, I don't mention the chakras. Right. <laughs> like, uh, that doesn't exist in that world. So yeah. I, and I don't care. Because at the end of the day, it's all about your experience. So if you move your shoulders, start breathing a little bit more through your mouth, can bring the energy a little bit down and start to relate to your experience differently, I don't care whether you believe in energy or not, whether you believe in chakras or not, it's irrelevant. That is a key. And for some people, that is the key that is going to unlock their connection with that. It's like, oh, the chakras. Like for me, like I, it was one of the ways that I entered into this world of personal development. But for other people, especially more logical-based people, scientific um, mind, it doesn't matter. It's all about your experience. If you feel less stress, that's the aim. At the end of the day. That's all that we care about is about our experience, not about any um, way that it's supposed to be. There's no expectation. Mm. And also, one of the things that I usually tell people is that, you know, there's a misconception with meditation, that meditation is about a quiet mind and everything relaxed and peace. And it's like, no, like, I am meditating now as I'm talking to you and I can be energized and I'm meditating because meditation is a state of being. Meditation is not about quiet mind. Yes, that's a way of meditation that is a helpful technique. Yet, playing basketball, playing football, going for a run, swimming, that can be meditation. Talking can be meditation. Being with your kids can be meditation. If you are present, that is meditation. Yeah, because meditation is basically what even the, the, the term means to become familiar with mm. something, right? So with yourself. So, um, you know, I don't know if you read about Joe Dispenza, which also he's, yeah. And, and he says, uh, there is no point in meditating 20 minutes if as soon as you open your eyes, you, you just continue your unconscious life. Mm, yeah, and this is, this is one of the really important things that I... I 
try to share as much with everyone is not adding things to your day, but changing the way that we do things. Mm. So one of the things, for example, and just because of the time for this episode, we cannot really get into it. But when I work with businesses, I work about how to get people to use work as the arena for their development. So it's not adding things to your day, it's changing the way that you're doing things. Because this is all about the way that we are experiencing, we are experiencing life and the way that we are doing things. And we need to understand that we are human beings and not human doings. We need to start being a little bit more and less doing. But we can be as we do. Completely. That's a good one. And, and um, this comes to my mind, uh, Pablo's to-do list. <laughs> uh, I, I have the same problem. And what I've been realizing is that the, the issue is that I think that when I complete the list, I'm going to be at ease. <laughs> Because then, uh, ah, yes, I've done it. But of course, that, that's, that never happens, right? Well, until you die, there's always something to do. Exactly. So the only thing that I can do is just be present with whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things, and this depends really on each person. But, for example, I can think of, okay, the way that I operate is that actually whenever I get something ticked off my list, that is actually a positive feeling for me. Mm -hmm. So if I need that reward system, then I, yeah. I need to, I'll like brushing my teeth, check, eating, check, breathing, check. If that is the way that I work, then I need to do that. If the way that I relate to my to-do list is with stress, Mm. I actually need to evaluate if I am being um, over, um, if I'm overreaching with my to-do list and whether I should start taking the time on prioritizing and making the timeline a little bit longer. So if perhaps my to-do list is supposed to be done in, in five days or there are certain things that it's supposed to be done in five days, What if I take 10 days to do that? And of course, not everything is possible because there are deadlines for certain things, but we need to start understanding how do we relate to that and how can we manipulate the, the externalities so that the experience within makes sense and actually can go with ease as I'm navigating all of those Uh, circumstances that I have with life, with work and family and money and all of these different things, yes. I yeah. can be okay with that. I was going to ask you, what would be a healthier way to tackle those things instead of tick, tick, tick? What would be a, a, a healthier way to do it? Well, it, it really depends on, on, on each person. If for each person, this is going to be different. For me, it is actually um, giving myself more time and then less time. So I'm playing with time. This is one of my practices. I, I play with time and that works for me. For other people, it might be 
asking for help or actually communicating to people, this is not something that is possible for me. Or, you know, especially for people at work, people usually tend to not communicate as easily whatever we think that, you know, it's not doable. Like we are always expected to do and to achieve and to achieve and to achieve. Yeah. And one. one of the things that, that I tell people is that it's actually better to go to your leader or what, whoever it is that is you're responding to to tell them if I do one less thing from the list that you gave me I'm not only going to do the rest of it all good I'm actually not going to get stressed which actually is going to allow me to do all of this and stuff just less than that and I'm going to stay here longer because I'm going to be happy here sorry and this Uh, it's related to what you were saying a couple of minutes before about you You is the number one person, right? Because you prioritize yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not easy. No, 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 I know. Um, I don't want to ruin the party because we are having a great time. No, no, no. I won't allow you to say that. Wait, <laughs> But Brian. We, we should be wrapping up. No, wrapping up, no. <laughs> This is so good. I know. Uh, so, just any final thoughts about our conversation today? I, I do have a thought. I do have a thought. And I don't know if it's your presence, Brian, uh, your spiritual presence that brought relaxation. But Mariana didn't use the F word in the whole episode. That's true. Well, <laughs> can I say? <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't. Like, it, it crossed my mind going like, why are you not swearing? I just couldn't. So Brian, you know, I don't know. I think it, it has to do with that. Everyone, I, I use co-working spaces to work. Everyone, whenever they are stressed, they come and they sit next to me uh, just to suck on the yeah, yeah, no. presence. I, uh, I haven't felt... This presence like goes through, through like time and space. So even when yeah. I'm working online, it goes there so perhaps that that's it is it, is it any way that you can become my flatmate or something <laughs> not, not nothing you know no a bad proposition but it will be so good to have you around my life will change or you can no just one question i have for you uh, when you say morning at night how much do you dedicate to yourself and what what are the practices that Um, you know, work for you, like 15 minutes Tibetan yoga. And I'm not saying to him. You're sneaking there, Mayara. Eh? We no, no, were no. going to wrap up. Eh? Uh, come on. <laughs> really really fast. Okay. okay. Re really yeah, fast. fast. It doesn't matter how long you do. Yeah. The importance is how aware you are on doing it. So whether you're meditating for one minute or whether you're meditating for 20 minutes, yeah. I prefer you meditating for one minute really present than for 20 minutes thinking of something else. I, I give myself always two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening, but sometimes I'm like, and the practice is like this, uh, and sometimes it's not. But the key is that now I don't need as much practice because it's been incorporated into my experience. So the more that you do it, the less that you actually have to do it. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. Perfect. Mm. And uh, another way to do it, Marian, is to listen to Brian's podcast, ah, The yeah. Conscious Action. 
So that's also another way to listen to Brian's soothing voice. Yes. Brian, do you have any final thoughts? I do. I think that one of the biggest things that, based on the topic that we talked about today, is understanding that you can live without stress. And one of the biggest ways of doing that is to befriend your experience. Whatever your experience is, making friends with that. Not thinking that you need to fix anything, not thinking that it's wrong or that it's right or that it's bad or that it's good. Your experience is just your experience and feel it. If you can feel it, you're going to be present. The body lives in the present. The head lives in more in the future in the past. So get back into your body, feel it, and befriend your experience. Spectacular. Thank you so Fantastic. much. Thank you very much, Brian. And and we, you very much. And we have you another time, maybe later on, you know, like, you know. Yeah, I, I can talk for where, hours. Where, oh, where, where can it. people find you, Brian? Yeah, on Conscious Action uh, NZ or consciousaction.co.nz or on social media or by my name, Brian Burneman. Um, and there's stuff online and I'm actually releasing some online courses on all of this stuff as well. And so hopefully by the time that people are listening, there's some of these courses online already. Amen. You have a customer. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Thank you guys for, you for having me and for the conversation and for, and for actually creating the space to, to have these conversations that are really necessary. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thanks. It, it was fantastic. Mm. And well, now we're right. doing the one, high two, five. three. One, two, three, high five. Ciao. High five. Ciao. Hope you enjoyed this conversation of beautiful ghosts. We invite you to join our community in our Facebook page. Get in touch if you'd like to talk with us or be a guest in the podcast. To find out when new conversations are being published, subscribe to the YouTube channel or in your favorite podcast app. Our website is beautifulghosts.org. We appreciate your feedback and comments. Have a beautiful week.